Welcome to Adventure Freaks, a podcast on living abroad on a budget. All right, Michael Weekly, welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Michael Weekly, and Michael lives in Mexico. And he uh, resides in, in Mexico City. He originally is from Tennessee, but he lives down there now. And he is a stand-up comedian. He's a community activist. And he started a stand-up comedy troupe called Inappropriate Laughter. And you can find them on the internet through, uh, if you search Google Mexico City, Inappropriate Laughter. Welcome, Michael. I'm glad that you can um, be here and share some of your insights and guidance around Mexico for us and, and the cost and what it's like to live there. So tell us, how did you find how did you find Mexico from Tennessee and how did you land in Mexico City? Yeah, well, um, so I'm originally from Tennessee, but I left there many, many years ago. And um, I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I worked for um, community service, nonprofit organizations, and I just needed a break. I had a friend that was staying here, um, so I came to visit, and remarkably, two weeks became two years, became six years now. Um, so it's been a, a roller coaster. This this city's incredible. It's you know it's one of the largest cities in the world. It's three times the size of New York City, um, with around 28 million people I think are here now. And so it's just chaos. It's like it's wonderful. It's chaotic. It's creative. It's cultural. It's musical. It's nonstop. It's never quiet. Um, it's it's one of those places I describe as like it gives you a punch in the stomach, uh, but then gives you a hug. It's like ah, oh, here's the traffic, but ah, oh, here's amazing tacos. And so um, yeah, I just I found a home here, and I really I really love Mexico City. Nice. What what section of Mexico City do you live in? So I live in an area called Anahuac, which is where Palanco. So Palanco would be like the really posh neighborhood. So I live where that posh neighborhood ends. Okay. Uh, uh, sort of where the more hipster family there's a lot of there's a randomly a lot of like uh, Indian uh, and Chinese folks that live in my area as well oh nice so that you got a lot of great food we do we have a really good a lot of good fusion here with like Chinese and Mexican food so yeah Mexico so I'm zooming in can you see that I'm zooming in here yeah, yeah perfect okay so are you north of Mexico City west whereabouts See where that little water area is? I think it says Chapultepec. Um, no, how far is that? Right Zoom closer in, closer in. We're more uh, north. North, okay. So if you put in Palanco, that's Palanco. probably, yeah, put in Palanco. P-O-L-A-N-C-O. And Palanco is right where we are. I don't know. Where's the... Uh... Where's the search on here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I opened a full screen and now the search is gone. But you're, uh, let me see here. So there's, um, and you're looking on your phone, right? So it's probably a little challenging to. It's all right. Yeah. Keep on going north. See where that Mexico City is, that center. It's, yeah. north, it's north of there, but not way. It's a, it's a huge city too it's a very geographically quite large as well yeah what's the what is the population in mexico city right now uh it varies between some reports say 26 million up to 28 million wow that's just the city so 
Yeah. Which is ironic because I literally grew up in a town of 222 people and there's <laughs> 22 people in my building. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. All right. So Mexico City is just a really cool place to, to live in. I hear I've had a couple friends that that went down there over the winter and spent the winter there and they loved it and they they're really looking forward to going back. Um, so and they did mention that they stayed in this this Roma. See, there's yeah, there's Roma Norte. So I'm near there. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they're in this kind of section. I think they stayed in La Condense, Condesa. Condesa. Yeah, La yeah Cond that's the, it translates to the Countess. Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay, see that little museum up there that says the Samaya, Museo yes. Samaya? That's my hood. That's my hood. Okay, nice. So you're right over here. Yeah. Very cool. That's Palanca. There it is. Yeah, Polanco. Yeah. Polanco. Yep. Very cool. All right. So so what do you what do you do down there? How have you been surviving as far well, as Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um when I first came here, um I randomly found a property and um turned it into a hostel. Uh so I'd always have a dream, you know, like that sort of 1980s dream of like living in a loft in a warehouse and making it into something and so reality is here is things are so there's so much less expensive you could do it um so originally i uh, opened up a, an 11 bedroom hostel and ran that for three years uh but two years ago in january i got rid of that you know um i totally like uh, martha stewart it you know i didn't know that a pandemic was going to happen and completely end uh, tourism um, but in January I sold and then uh, the pandemic hit here pretty hard in March. So yeah, so that was my first. And then I started teaching at a school. So I teach at a low income high school uh, and I teach a program called Global, which is like cultural, political and social. So it exposes um, Mexican students to international policies, speakers, etc. cetera. Uh, so I've been doing that. And then I do the comedy on the side. Uh, a little bit of storytelling um, and just trying to keep active. Uh, it's a very active city. So, wow, um, man. that is yeah, so cool. Yeah. I mean, just having a hostel, that's like a, a, an awesome, you know, dream because you just have, you meet so many wonderful people, you know, travelers that come and they come through and they have so many terrific stories and you share meals. It's really a wonderful uh, uh, place to be in. That, that, that uh, is really cool. How long did you own the hostel? Three years. So For that was years. Wow. Yeah. What's funny is a lot of people only stop through Mexico City on their way to somewhere else, like Cuba or to Cancun uh, or to Puerto Vallarta. And when people have stayed here, they're like, oh, wow, that city is more amazing than we thought. Like, there's so much history here. There's, I mean, there's literally a pyramid, like, everywhere you go in the city. Um, and so I think people are always, like, fascinated by the city. They don't expect it to be so interesting so alive yeah sure sure so how how do you teach in spanish how's your spanish um mi espanol is merda which translates to my spanish is shit um <laughs> i i can order food i can throw nouns and verbs at people all day i can only speak in the present tense i cannot speak in the past or future um and so no i teach i teach my my classes in english it's like an advanced english class for my learners uh but yeah i i embarrassingly um i do not speak 
Spanish well. So it's yeah. a lot of pantomime, pointing, and just hope. You know, a lot of. <laughs> That's great. So that that is really cool too. That you're te- are you you're not teaching at an international school, are you? No. So it's a low income school. So I work for I work for a nonprofit that. Uh, pays for international teachers to go into high schools that generally couldn't afford them. Uh, I mean, because the rate, everything is less expensive here, but also the pay is really low for folks. And so, um, yeah, so they enabled me to work at the school uh, as a native speaker and like have a different experience with the students, which they couldn't generally afford. Yeah. How, how is that going? And, and what is it like to, to be teaching in, in a Mexico city Escuela. I mean, that's got to be interesting. Well, okay. So, you know, I grew up in conservative Tennessee, where if you spoke out of class or didn't use your manners, you got smacked with a ruler, you know, like very, like, (laughs) punishable offenses in classroom settings. It was always quiet. You didn't, uh, you know, you didn't question the teacher here. Well, a lot of singing and a lot of talking and a lot of interaction. It is not a quiet classroom ever. Um, it is, uh, it's amazing because it is so alive and so vibrant. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a different learning experience <laughs> to say the least. Um, and so, um, you learn to adapt, I think as a foreigner, like learning the education system here, is just such a unique system that you just really, you have to get into it and swim. It's kind of like the rest of the city. No one's here to, to, to care about your feelings. There's not customer service if you don't like something then don't go there it's just a very sort of like the the world that we know it of like sort of this fragility particularly that americans have not that i now notice now it's like oh my god my my food was cold and here's like your food is cold get over it no one cares and so like it's just in that just transfers to every sector um so with the education it's like you better learn or you're gonna fail you know and so they do well they do really well but um it's very active (laughs) yeah yeah well you know there's a lot of um especially in large cities you know there there's a lot of issues in inner city schools you know new york city public schools i used to work in those um i used to work in in detroit in some of the schools there and uh you know i've i've taught um theater in various places, there are a tremendous amount of behavioral issues in the inner city schools. What do you, do you see a lot of behavioral problems in escalations within the schools in Mexico City or? Absolutely not, zero, I would say zero. And I see that's the difference. They're loud, but that's where it ends. You know, they're rambunctious, but they're never violent. They're never mean. I've never, and I've been teaching now off and on for three years and I've never had a situation where like a student was even kicked out of class. Like it's just loud (laughs) because they, they also fear their parents because, you know, here you can still beat your child. Unlike (laughs) most other countries here, they fear that it's called the fear of the chancla, the fear of the fear of the sandal. because, Because not only will you get, you know, beaten by your mother, it'll also be your father, your grandmother, your aunt, your uncle, everyone will know that you were a little ass at school that day, and you will pay the price. So here, no, we don't have behavioral issues. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow, that's, that's, uh, you're gonna, you, you know what, after people view this podcast, they're, they're going to start moving down there in droves and looking for jobs in schools. <laughs> yeah. It's a 
experience. It's a fun, it's a fun experience. Because there's, you know, there's this huge turnover rate in America in, in teaching today. If you if you teach in, in in large jurisdictions, you know, inner city, it's really tough. And there's a lot of a lot of turnover and teachers get burned out and they find other, you know, occupations. And it's and it's sad because there's a lot of good, good you know, quality teachers out there, but then it's short lived because they start off in a really, really tough school. And they sure. say, no, I don't want any more of this, you know? So let's talk about, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the life, you know, what do you do? What do you do in a day? I mean, if people move down to Mexico city, you know, and they want to, you know, in their, in their, and they're looking to live in a, in a decent area, what are they going to, what are they going to find? What are they going to pay as far as like a, an apartment to set themselves up um, in? And, you know, what, tell us a little bit about, you know, are there gyms to go work out in? Are there places that they, you know, that people can stay active? Um, give us a little bit of insight into the daily life of uh, Mexico City. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very similar to any you know, major city. Uh, you know, I always think of the comment, like, there will be a taco stand on every corner. There literally is a taco stand on every corner. Uh, the accessibility to food is amazing. You always have accessibility to food, street food, vendor food, grandma's food, you imagine it, um, which can also lead to, you know, obesity and diabetes. And so you have to be aware of, like, you, you can't always eat like you're on vacation here. Um, and so physical activity is huge here. They ran, they recently and through the pandemic have increased the, the bicycle, uh, the bicycle lanes and the cycling. So there's a really good cycling scene here, which I love. And I'm a big part of, um, yeah, there's gyms. You have high end gyms, you have low end gyms. You can learn Luce Libre, which is like, you know, the Mexican version of WWF or wrestling. Um, you know, you can, there's boxing, there's swimming, there's everything. I mean, there's huge like mega gyms with mega swimming pools. And then there's the local gym, um, you know, so those are pretty abundant. I think physical fitness is, um, is pretty standard, particularly in the nicer areas. As a foreigner, you are kind of limited to Roman Norte, Polanco, Condesa, and a few other smaller areas. Um, to have the conveniences that people are used to. Uh, and, uh, and I say that because it's kind of, I'm on a lot of the foreigner groups on Facebook. And the first question is before you move to, is it safe? Am I gonna be kidnapped? Um, I mean, it's still a big city. So you have to have big city rules. Um, like, you know, if you have your phone waving it out in the Metro, someone's going to steal it. I mean, <laughs> that will happen here. That will happen in Barcelona. That will happen in New York city. Um, you know, and so like, it's, I always just say it's big city rules apply. Um, and above and beyond that, like as a foreigner, they're very friendly. They're very kind to, to foreigners, uh, very kind, uh, very kind to folks that are Asian, African-American. Like there's no distinction between foreigner as far as race goes, mm -hmm. as far as like dislike or stereotypes or prejudice. So it's a really welcome environment for all foreigners, um, which unfortunately has, you know, kind of led to a little bit of the gentrification issue. Uh, so those areas like Roman Norte, uh, and Roma are, they're, they're less expensive than like New York City, but for a good apartment, you're going to pay about eight or $900 mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to get you a two bedroom with a doorman, an elevator, probably a gym on the roof with like a workout facility, maybe even a swimming pool. You're going to have a cleaning lady that comes once a week or twice a week. Um, you're going to have a parking for your car. Like it, it's more inclusive. So yeah, it, it, I mean, people think that they can come here and live for like three or $400. I mean, you could, but you're not going to live in, I mean, you're not going to, you're not upgrading yourself you know, it, it would be like a studio type situation with no amenities. So around $800 to $1,000 is about the going rate for a good quality, like two bedroom apartment. Um, but again, you're going to get a lot more. Um, and again, like electricity and water and all of that is like ridiculous. I think my electric bill this for the last three months was $2. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was so cheap. And I have a washer and dryer. Uh, which again, if you're used to having a washer and dryer, don't come here. If you want a bathtub, don't come here. Like if you are afraid of climbing stairs, don't come here. Yeah. If you're unfortunately, if you're differently disabled, it's not the best place for you. It's not really equipped for for folks that are differently abled. And so, yes, I mean you have the pros and the cons. You have a lot of uh, you know amazing opportunities here. But I think you know a lot of New Yorkers and California uh, folks from California have come during the last to like last year and a half because it is less expensive they can work from their computer have a better life and spend a lot less yeah yeah somebody told me that there's like a a million expats from the u.s in mexico now probably but there's so many of us there's so many are they are, are there a lot living in mexico city yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a whole, there's a whole expat community here. So, I mean, we have our own cycling groups, hiking groups, social groups, comedy groups. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're our own little community yeah. um, that I will say it's pretty active with each other. Mm-hmm. Are there other expats coming from elsewhere, like in Europe or Canada or? Oh, yeah. You can go to different barrios here and there's a Jewish barrio, there's an Indian barrio, there's a um, Middle Eastern area. So Mexico has a large production of gas, of like natural oil and gas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they trade with a lot of international companies. So you will see, I mean, it, it's an international city. You'll see a lot of different influences. Uh, a lot of folks too, during the pandemic from Australia, people that were in extreme lockdowns, a lot of Dutch people now too, mm-hmm. um, are coming uh, from those areas here because uh, I mean, in all reality, Mexico City could not shut down for a pandemic. The economy just wouldn't hold. And so they've done everything possible as far as like masking and vaccines and cleanliness. But the reality of like closing the city down, it, that was an impossible task. You couldn't close the city down. Sure. Yeah. So let's get back to the, the cost. So you're talking about like eight, nine hundred. That's for like a nice two bedroom in an, in a really nice area. Mm-hmm. Sounds like and it. So. For people that want to live in those areas and they come down, what what do they need? I mean, to cover all the costs of like Wi-Fi, you're going to need a cell phone. Um, they're going to want to probably go, you know, eat out a couple nights a week. You, you know, I, I, some people have, you know, a desire to eat more street food. I'm like one of those guys. I love to eat street food. Um, and I love to find those little mom pa shops that are like these tiny little mom pa shops that are fantastic and these locations but what are we talking about as far as like how much would you need per month to, to be comfortable in in one of those really nice areas that you live in honestly about like less than 2000 2000 would be living pretty well and that would include everything like for instance if i go and get a taco and a, like a soda it's a dollar 
50 maybe street street food is less than two dollars usually uh they have a concept here called comida carita which is like a, a hot plate so you get like enchiladas with like rice and beans and a drink for like four dollars mm -hmm. so those are common then your your fancier restaurants i mean they have everything here i mean we have hooters we have you know we have wendy's we have mcdonald's like those and those are normal prices so those don't really change they're not less expensive here than the u.s sure. uh so the same but i always say that like the cost of living here is about one third of what i paid in the u.s and i lived the majority of my time in arizona so mm -hmm. about one third of that so um two thousand a month is is like really doing well here okay. um be able to afford everything that you want you know maybe not including so much travel but traveling here is super cheap so like just flying from here to cancun or here to the beaches it's like 25 dollars for a flight uh they have a lot of low-cost carriers so yeah so it's not expensive uh, and my my the cell phone my that's funny about the cell phone bill my set my cell phone bill is seven dollars and fifty cents per month and it's unlimited uh and it works in the u.s and canada wow. <laughs> yes it's seven dollars seven dollars and fifty cents that's unlimited yes wow yes. limited data unlimited everything and i can use it when i'm in the u.s um but where you do find issues here is like electronics uh popular like blue jean like popular clothing that you may be used to in the u.s that you want it's more expensive here electronics are a lot more expensive medication is you know again this country you know like you may expect that that drug is easy to find in the US and here you can't find it. So people have to think about that, particularly older folks that want to retire here, their accessibility to their medication and medical health, it's going to look different. Yeah. Um, not, it's not as easy as like, okay, let me just go to a drugstore and get it. You know, it's, it's a little bit different. However, you can get Valium anytime you want. <laughs> anywhere. anywhere you want. Is that yeah. over the counter? It's over the taco stand. It's right. over the counter. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's you name it. So yes. Well, I imagine there's high anxiety in Mexico City. It's probably much needed. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so, all right. So, if somebody wanted to purchase a flat in a decent area, um, what what are the ranges? Have you looked at purchasing flats? Obviously, you 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 dove into a hostel. Um, but what is the cost if people want to say, you know, I don't want to rent. I really think I'm going to call this home. What can you get a reasonable flat for? Um, that, that, that's where you get into a lot of complications and a lot of problems. So let, because I have friends that have done that, I've looked into it myself. And so maybe, I don't know, it's very confusing. It's very paperwork. It also, it's a very long process. So it could take anywhere from eight months to a year. So if someone happens to be living in the apartment or home that you're buying, getting them out of that apartment is almost an impossible task. And then it became more, more difficult uh, through sort of the, the last year and a half. So uh, yeah, I, I, it doesn't happen that often and the prices are pretty expensive. I mean, you're still looking at 250,000 up to 300 US dollars for an apartment. Um, and like buying a house is really not an option. I mean, it's a very much an apartment city. Mm -hmm. So I think people have that dream. But the reality of that is like, unless you know someone and you are connected with a lawyer and all of that here, um, 
it's it's a lengthier process. I had a friend that was looking into buying. She ended up buying a parking lot and building a house because it was cheaper. Hmm. Um, you know, that's more of the reality here. Uh, and also folks think that they can build on the beach. Also, Mexico City is nowhere near the beach. I always laugh because everyone's like, oh, do you go to the beach? I'm like, <laughs> you know, I do very far. It's five hours away. You know, Mexico is <laughs> more than just one long peninsula on the beach. It's very, it's shaped more like a, I don't know, that a cone or something and so yeah so um and you can't buy on the beach here unless you're a local um so yeah there's all of those sort of restrictions and complications i wouldn't advise people to do that unless they're really sort of committed to the cause like you know i I think the concept of people like going and buying like a temporary property that they'll go to a few times a year like that's not a reality here you really have to be here and protect your situation yeah, well, it sounds like you know Mexico City is so large, and it's and there's a lot of really interesting spots throughout Mexico City, which which makes it like the New York City of Mexico. And yeah. you know, as we know, New York City is is extremely expensive. So I'm guessing that a lot of people that come down and decide to call Mexico home, they find places outside Mexico City or or uh, you know smaller towns and cities yeah. that they decide to uh, either rent in or build in. Do you know, do you have any knowledge? I hear like Merida is is really affordable. I don't know like Oaxaca, any of those areas or long, long Tulum. I know those are hot spots, but are there any are there any cities that you are aware of that you hear of other expats talking going, this is a, a, an amazing up and coming city and the affordability is incredible. Well, Oaxaca City, so Oaxaca is a pretty big, big state, but Oaxaca City is beautiful and that's a very affordable place. And there you could buy like property and land. Uh, Cuernavaca is another area. So that's outside of Mexico City, about two hours. Uh, Puebla is pretty nice. Merida is great. Merida is more toward the south. So that's a more humid, hot area. But yeah, that's a little bit more family friendly. It's more family friendly too. Uh, these areas tend to be more like family oriented. Um, and even within Mexico City, yeah, you can get outside of the city um, and generally find, you know, there would be more opportunities. Um, San Luis Potosi, um, Guanajuato, that's a great area. So those areas, yeah. Um, so there are options, but like actually buying in Mexico City is probably not the most realistic choice. Yeah. Do you know anything about the cost of, of living in those other locations or, or no? Well, like I said, it's like, one third of the cost here there it's like one tenth of the cost it's it's a i mean mexico city is an expensive city is an expensive city in mexico yeah but it's still lower than anything that you would find in the u.s sure sure what is um people that if they come down do they need to bring their own health care or can you get health care in mexico and is the health care good is any health care good i mean um you know um so your your u.s healthcare will not work here no um so you can purchase an international policy um and so that covers most everything that happens to you except when you're in the u.s it only covers you while you're in mexico um and here like locals get a socialized healthcare they can upgrade to a private healthcare and then there's private healthcare options so yes so i mean i have a friend that has a private healthcare option here and that's like $300 a month, like US dollars a month, but that's like, like a 
premium. So you could get like a basic one for like, let's say $180, uh, that would cover like your basic needs. But now also like if you have the flu or if you have like a cold or I don't know, you have a wild night and you get syphilis or something, like you can go to the little uh, on the little doctor, they're everywhere and they can treat you and give you prescriptions. Um, but if you needed like, like right now, like if something were to happen and I broke my leg or something, I would fly my broken leg back to the U.S. to, to figure that out. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So the, so you can go see doctors and pay out of pocket for, yeah. for little things. And it, what's That's the cost so, of that typically? Oh, like you pay the doctor $2 and your medicine will cost you $5. Wow. So that yeah. so what if you have to get stitches? I mean, can you go in and they can stitch you up or do you yeah. cut yourself or anything like that? And that's fairly reasonable as well. The uh, stitches will be like $20. Okay. Like it's, you know, like I, again, like I have two dogs. I mean, I don't have children, but I have two dogs. And, you know, I, I think of vet care in the US and how expensive it is here. And here, oh my God, it's so cheap. And so, yeah, all of those things are significantly cheaper. Mm-hmm. So even let's say, let's say, God forbid, something happened and you had to go in the hospital for like a week, your total cost after a week would probably be about like five or six hundred dollars total. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So based on that, do you really need to pay for insurance? Just depends. I don't know. You know, do we really need to pay for insurance in general? I don't know, but you're required to by American law. So I don't know. Like it's that's the debate. And that's how like some people you know, different people that live here kind of juggle with that. Some are like, no, I'll, if something happens, I'll just pay it. And others are like, you know, they feel more comfortable with insurance. So I think that's a personal choice situation. It yeah. won't bankrupt you if you, if something catastrophic were to happen to you here, medically, it wouldn't bankrupt you. It would, it would you would have a dent, but not a bankruptcy. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens every day in America. It's unfortunate, sure. but it happens every day here where people are filing bankruptcy because they have medical bills that they can't pay. And a lot of these people have insurance. Yeah. Something catastrophic happens and the co-insurance and co-pays overwhelm them. And they, yeah. So, wow. So, um, well, tell us, tell us what you, what you like the most about living there since you've started, what, what do you like the most about living in Mexico? Um, I love the people. I mean, the people are genuinely nice. They're affectionate. They're sweet. They're sincere. They're musical. They're talented. And the city is always like, if you meet someone, you're automatically invited to a family dinner or a family party or whatever. Like it's, it's just a very social country. It's a very, people are very social here. Um, I just, I like the variety. You can literally get anything that you've ever imagined in the world. 24 hours a day delivered to your home. <laughs> and so like, it's just a very accessible city. Um, it just has a lot of spirit. It, it has a heartbeat. Um, it, it, you always hear music here, no matter where you are, you hear music, either someone singing or someone playing or mariachis. There's always a, a life to the city. It never, it never stops breathing. It never stops like the heartbeat of the city never stops. And I think that's exciting. Like you can, you, you can, you can find a lot of, you can always find something to do. <laughs> always. Wow. That sounds awesome. Did, do you um, ever, uh, if you, if you step out of Mexico city, where are some of the places that you really enjoy visiting? 
I like Valle de Bravo, which is a, a lake town, which is not too far from here. I like Puebla. I like Tepoztlan, which is more of like a um, hippie sort of like if you're into like, you know, like um, yoga and like, you know, like different types of therapies, natural medications, all about natural herbs. Like there's those little towns everywhere. They're called actually, if you Google Pueblos Magicos, uh, Pueblos Magicos in Spanish, uh, it gives you a list of what they consider all of the magic towns of Mexico. Uh, and so it's been my goal to try to go to as many of those as possible. There's even a little town that, um, you know, like has um, like an affection for the like the uh, what do you call them? I forgot the name. Um, for like, can't um, um, But there's always there's a lot of variety. Like in in every town in every city, it's it's not a you know. I think the American like from the U.S. perspective, folks think of Mexico as like in one little square. Like okay, this is what every Mexico city town is like, or every Mexican city's town is like, because I've been to Rocky Point, or I've been to Guadalajara, or I've been to Puerto Vallarta. And I'm like, mm, they're all so different. Like every single one of them has a completely, completely different way. Um, and so that's exciting. So you, and, and, and traveling here is so easy. There's a huge bus system here. Uh, it's a very nice bus system. And so it'll take you pretty much all throughout the country, relatively cheaply, um, and you can experience a whole just a whole caveat of different types of people and lifestyles. Do they have a subway system in Mexico City? Yeah, we have a metro system. We have an underground system. We have a pretty expansive metro system uh, and underground system. So it, it rivals uh, any other major city, if not larger. It's a pretty intense network of, of, um, of getting passengers. I mean, again, it's moving over 26 million people around all day. Uh, so it works really well. Yeah, for the how, how I've heard that there in the past there's been pollution issues in Mexico City in particular. How is that? How are they doing with that? Well, I mean, the rainy season is nice because it takes care of any of those issues. But yeah, I mean, the, those are definitely a challenge of living here. Um, is that there is issues with contamination and air quality, uh, and sometimes it is you know, it is pretty intense. You can see it. You can kind of feel it. Um, you know, I, I think for folks, you just have to be prepared for that, particularly if you have a lot of allergies, like the neti pot becomes your friend, uh, you know, constantly cleaning out sort of like your nasal area becomes necessary. Now, um, that leads me to think about water. When you, when you use one of those neti pots, do you use bottled water or do you use tap? So I use bottled water, um, you know, and the thing about the water situation here, it's just different. It's not necessarily bad, um, is that, you know, each state has different chemical, each country has different chemicals that they put in there. Um, but here, yeah, you wash your fruit with, you know, fresh water. Um, you have purified water. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's pretty, you don't drink the water. I mean, you can, sure. you want to, you want to lose a few pounds, um, but, you know, but for the most part, yeah, you, the water contamination is, it's just not the same. It's just, it's, you know, it's different in every country. Um, so here it's just, particularly for a foreigner, it's not the best idea. Mm -hmm. How about like food, food concerns, food poisonings, you know, typically street food, sometimes you can catch a bug. Have you had any issues with that? Yeah, basically the first two years I was here, I shit on myself all the time. It's part of my comedy routine, inappropriate. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I uh, I had to deal with that because my body, I called it, it had to vampire because I wasn't 
no longer visiting. I was actually living here. So my exposure to, to water and different things was, was pretty intense. The thing about street food is that people don't realize and reasons why Mexicanos use a lot of lime in their food is that lime kills bacteria. So lime, when you put it on your, you know, that's the reason they do it. So your meats are fine. Your, your cooked products are fine. Where you get in trouble is like salsas. Uh, things that have been sitting outside all day or maybe like two days and they just piled new salsa on top of old salsa and there's that tomato that's just been sitting there in the sun so I don't use any of that I'm like I'm like a black lady from the south I carry my own hot sauce in my purse and so like you know you you learn what things you know you look at cleanliness you you don't go to every little stand you know and some of them you're like mm, last time I went there that one made me sick and I go in there again um, yeah, so for the most part now I have no problems, but my first two years I'm serious like it was unbelievable, but you know you get used to it your stomach becomes very strong here, sure. or you die. You yeah. just die. <laughs> All over in the street dead and the car and the cartel just rips up your body which does not exist, by the way. Here. It does. <laughs> hey man narcos in Mexico the, the series on Netflix was fantastic. Colombia Narcos in Mexico, Narcos, yeah. that series, fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but if they don't exist down there, we know. You well, gotta... not here. I mean, they do exist, just not in my hood. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I've pretty much covered everything. Let me ask you this question. How has this experience changed you? Leaving, oh, the states, oh. leaving the states, moving to Mexico, then deciding to call it your home and, yeah. and, and creating all of the things that you've created. I mean, you created a space for a while for people to come. And then you, you started this, this, this troupe, the stand-up comedy troupe. And um, I mean, how has it changed you, man? Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I have to start with the small things. Like, again, I kind of talked about the fragility earlier. Like, you have to be strong here. And, like, it's not a customer-oriented place. So you have to learn patience. And if you don't have patience, no one cares. No one cares that you've had to wait 45 minutes. So there's actually a word for it. It's called comete. Basically, calm your ass down. Like, like calm down. Because I had to really learn that because I came from uh, – I didn't like to wait and I didn't like this, blah, blah, blah. And here, you just got to wait. And so it really taught me patience in a completely different way. I have so much more patience now than I ever have. And I think I wouldn't have been able to have the projects that I have or do the things that I do if I didn't learn that patience first. And people here struggle if they don't just accept that this is the way it is and try to stop making it a little Michigan or a little New York or a little Florida or a little Toronto or a little Hong Kong or a little Amsterdam. Stop. This is Mexico City. Let it be Mexico City. Stop trying to bring in your like European or American values as to what or how things should be done. I think once I stepped outside of that box, once I allowed myself to just go with the crazy chaotic flow that's here, I realized that it works and it's been working for a long time. Does it have its problems? Absolutely. But like, for the most part, like I, I just wouldn't have ever had the audacity or the financial ability to invest into a hostel, to have the time to have a comedy group, to be able to reach out to spaces. I mean, we're the only English speaking comedy group in the city. 
Um, and so it's, you know, it's unique. And so like reaching out to restaurants has given me a different sense of community. Uh, and I think as a foreigner that too, you start missing out on community. Uh, and so building your own community becomes important. And so for me, like bringing in all those elements um, from the city, me, once I stopped my mental thinking that I'm going to change the city, because you're not going to change the city. You're not. It's, it's not a bend for you. It's, it does not care. It, just move on, you know? And so once I, I like got past that, I've really just, I enjoy it now. I love the city. It's, it's, it's the chaos I've always needed. That's, that's terrific. Well said, well said. I love how you just described everything. Um, so is there anything else that you want to share to the audience before we, uh, before we part ways, anything else you want to share about your, your, um, stand-up comedy troupe or, um, maybe the next perform, where can people come and see you do stand-up if they yeah. come to Mexico city? Um, go ahead. Yeah. So find us on Facebook. We're inappropriate laughter. And there I put like all the advertisements and any, all I, I recommend people when they come to the city is go on Facebook has a lot of groups like foreigners in the city, expats in the city, visitors to Mexico city specifically. You can go there and get a lot of information about where to stay, what to do, what to eat, all of that. So I do recommend people understanding that the food here is not Tex-Mex. The food in Mexico city is not Tex-Mex. They do not have burritos, honey. There's no margarita. Stop asking for a margarita. You look crazy. Like, stop it. No, like it, it's not, you're not getting Tex-Mex. And so, and people have to really adjust to that. So I'm beware of that. And the food here is incredible. It's so incredible. They have eight different colors of corn. And so like, there's a lot that you can do here historically. Like I encourage people to come here for a week and live Mexico above and beyond just Cancun, above and beyond spring break and see like, wow, this place is amazing. It's the home to Frida Kahlo. Like there's so much here to do. Don't underestimate the city um, because it really is an incredible experience. Uh, and for me in the comedy group, like it's been great. Like I, I do encourage people, especially when they're kind of like passing through. It's a great way because our comedy show is not just comedy. It's also community because everyone that comes to our shows is from the expat community mostly. And so we really kind of get to, get, you know, you see each other's shows several times in the audience because, oh, hey, I want to try it out, blah, blah, blah. And you just become a it's been community building. Uh, in a lot different way. Um, so we're also respectful comedy, even though our name is inappropriate, uh, we do keep it very respectful. Um, and so I think that that combination is helps to further build community here. And um, yeah, so come on down across the border because you know, I really got a Southern accent, but I left it a long time ago. But if you come on down, the border's nice. No, I, I will buddy. I actually, the, the, uh, if, if, my friends head back down. I'll probably go visit them. And I'm going to come see Michael Weekly. I'm going to come see you, buddy. And we'll go hang out and you can show me around. I'd love that. I will. I'll make it happen. All right, buddy. Well, thank Michael Weekly. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and sharing your um, insights into Mexico City and the life and uh, what you do. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a fantastic day and take care. Peace and love. Okay. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye.